Coming up on today's Locked On Angels, we're finishing our chat with Davis Daniel, number 18 prospect according to Baseball America in the Angels organization. And we got some news to get to, some notes around coaching staff, front office moves, and of course some big news regarding minor league baseball. That's all coming up right now on Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Angels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day every single day. I'm Steve Granado, your host, at Steve Granado on Twitter, G-R-A-N-A-D-O. Before we get started, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Okay, before we have our chat here with Davis Daniel, that's going to start and end here with a second and third segment here today. So in case you're looking for that, you can jump ahead uh, if you're listening to this a little bit later. Um, But we will have that conversation here. There was some more news that came out this week that came out on Sunday and Monday. Let's start with the Monday news regards to the Angels. A couple of staff changes. Uh, Third base coach Brian Butterfield has been let go. Uh, Brian Butterfield, third base coach, uh, came over with Joe Madden a couple of years ago for the 2020 season, obviously spent 2021 with the Halos. Um, And this third base position has been a bit of a revolving door ever since Dino Ebel left, obviously, who's now with the Dodgers. And I personally think one of the best third base coaches, if not the best in all of Major League Baseball. Um, But yes, Brian Butterfield is no longer with the Angels. He is the second coach that we have heard of thus far that has been let go after this season. Uh, Of course, on Friday, Jose Molina catching coach was let go. We talked about that on yesterday's episode, if you're looking for that conversation. Um, So just another move. Um, Joe Madden has one more year left on his contract here in 2021. Uh, He was friends with Butterfield. That was, you know, his guy over in Chicago. So um, that's that's where that stemmed from. And now he has been let go. Um, We talked about this on Monday, as I mentioned. Um, This isn't a massive move uh, that really that Angels fans are probably going to really see much of a difference moving forward. I mean, maybe, I don't know, but um, you're, this is not a thing to kind of like, oh, we're cleaning house and we got to get worried. And this is, you know, a precursor to things coming. Um, obviously, you need to fill the hole at third base coach. Um, but uh, yes, Brian Butterfield, he's been in the game for a very long time. I imagine he'll find another spot. Um, and he spent two seasons with the Angels. So that's just one very minor note. Uh, another note that I saw that got a lot of Angels fans excited uh, was a hiring in the front office. Uh, this this is a little a little deep. Um, so if you're a casual fan, this might be like, what are you talking about? Um, Connor Hinchlife, uh, a guy I had never heard of. He's a former minor leaguer, um, but he worked, now worked, past tense, with Driveline Baseball. Driveline Baseball is um, is like a development program. Uh, Shohei worked uh, with them last offseason to, to redo his offseason regiment. Um, they're, they're a big name now in baseball, um, and baseball analytics, especially pitching analytics and stuff like that. So, uh, driveline is a pretty big one. This, this tweet here, Connor Hinchlife. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Cause there's two F's in the last name. Again, I haven't known this guy before. Um, but here's what he had to say. He announced on Twitter, he said, excited to announce I'll be joining the front office of the Los Angeles angels as a pitching analyst, extremely grateful for this opportunity. And I can't wait to compete for a world series ring next season in Anaheim. Go angels. Hashtag we believe. So Cool. Uh, and again, I know a lot of people were very excited about this because it's a move towards an analytical front office, at least a more analytical front office. And Driveline, 
make some <laughs> there's some good stuff coming out of driveline obviously we saw it this year with Shohei and uh, he's not the only one that that works with driveline so this is a this is an interesting move for the front office I'm curious to see how it all shakes out and uh, I mean congratulations to Connor and th- hey Connor this is this is an open invitation if you see us talking this open invitation to come on the show anytime and talk about pitching and, and where you want to take the angel staff in the future very cool congratulations to Connor Hinch life um, and yeah I know a lot of people are excited about that move um, let's go ahead and move on now there was some real big news on Sunday that we had already recorded Monday's episode before this had come out so we didn't get a job uh, get to this yet. So this is huge. This is some news coming from Major League Baseball uh, in conjunction with Minor League Baseball. Here's the report. I'm going to read the first couple of sentences here from ESPN. This is Jeff Passan. He said, amid mounting pressure from players and advocacy groups, Major League Baseball said on Sunday it will require teams to provide housing for minor, leaguers player, minor league players starting in 2022. While, MIL, uh, while MLB rather has yet to outline its plan formally, six team officials told ESPN they are starting pre- to prepare to help house players across each of their four minor league affiliates. This is such a huge step in the right direction. I'm not going to sit here and say that all problems are solved and minor league baseball is good to go moving forward. No, but this is important to take victories when you can. It is no secret anymore that minor league baseball conditions are tough for players, um, coaches, front offices. It's hard work. It's long, a lot of work and it's low pay. Um, you know, at, at the bare minimum. So this is a huge step. This is one of the biggest things that minor leaguers have been screaming about, uh, especially over the last year or two. And this is really huge. So take this as a win. Um, moving forward, at least for me, how I look at this is what are the guidelines? Again, uh, Jeff Passon said they haven't outlined their plan formally yet. They're still, you know, in in works with that. So how? What are the guidelines? Because there's going to work, you know, on every minor league team or major league team, I should say, is going to be in charge of this stuff. So, you know, we've seen the Kansas City Royals building their own facilities near spring training. Um, you know, is it going to be a stipend situation? Is it going to be, you know, the Angels buy, you know, housing outside of San Manuel Stadium in Inland Empire or something like that? Um so there are definitely lots of details to iron out, but make no mistake, this is a very big win. Um, remember, like the 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 culture around minor league baseball and the conversation around it has changed dramatically in the last couple of years, and for the better. Um, you know, I've been a huge advocate of minor leaguers um, in my brief time on the show. Even before on this show, I've worked in minor league baseball. I've seen the conditions. I've seen the players who have had to struggle and get low pay and work hard. And, you know, ultimately, sometimes financially, they just can't handle it anymore and they have to leave, which is completely understandable. So this is step number one. And this is a big, big step. So we'll see how MLB implements it. I'm cautiously optimistic. But just the fact that they have come out and said this is is a big win. Um, the one thing that does definitely give me pause is, you know, there is a lot of talks of creating a union in minor league baseball, much like the Players Association in Major League Baseball. That I don't think is going to come out of this upcoming CBA, but the one thing I'm worried about is Major League Baseball trying to shoot down that possibility by going, here, we'll give you housing. And, and trying to shoot down the possibility of a minor league union. There are still so many problems in minor league baseball that need to be fixed, um, including pay. Remember, they don't get paid year-round. Some guys get $15,000 for the months that they are there, and then they don't get paid in the offseason, even though they have to stay in shape and do their offseason workouts and, and be ready to go come spring training. So there's a lot of problems still in, in minor league baseball, 
and I'm worried that Major League Baseball is trying to shoot down the possibility of a union. But for me, this should not slow down minor league player, players from organizing for a union. Um, if anything, this proves that collective bargaining in this situation is working because this never would have happened had it not been for minor league advocates more than baseball, the players themselves, Kieran Lovegrove, um, all these guys and all these you know groups finally speaking out, being confident enough to speak out. Um, you know, in some of the major press that has covered it nationally, it's a big deal. And um, again, take this as a win. If anything, this proves that standing together and fighting for what's right is a good thing. And I mean, to minor leaguers everywhere, congratulations. This is such a huge step in the right direction for future drafted kids. Congratulations. All the hard work for the guys ahead of you just paid off. And, and it's the first step in, a, in the right direction. So very happy this happened. Congratulations to everybody who has fought for this. And don't stop fighting. There's still plenty to do. I'm going to leave some links to some uh, organizations, minor league advocates and more than baseball. They do incredible work for minor leaguers. There's still plenty of work to be done. But again, this is a massive first step. And I'm very, very happy about this. So go check out those organizations if you want to help more. Help out our Angels minor leaguers and help out minor league players throughout the country. This is awesome. Congratulations. And uh, we'll see what comes next. Okay, coming up next, we're getting back to our interview with Davis Daniel. But first, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to start stock all the parts that you need. Why would you endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and while you wait for the person behind the counter to order the parts on their computer? You have computers, you have cell phones, and they all have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or even sometimes 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? For example, a Honda, Honda Odyssey fuel pump is 353 bucks from a chain store. On Rock Auto, 216 bucks. Massive difference. That's over $100 worth of savings just on that one part. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer and they have everything you could need brake parts tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet for your cars go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com For you guys, you know, as a collective group, as a pitching staff, you know, not, not just minor leaguers, but the pitchers in particular, especially in this organization, knowing that there is that, you know, that need at the major league level, I want to kind of like, what side are you on? Is that like added incentive or is it like, or is it a combination of that and pressure? Like, is there extra pressure on the pitching staffs? Like, man, we got to get there. <laughs> like they, they need us. Uh, I don't think so. Not necessarily. I think it's more of just like a incentive. You know, if you, if you're able to look at anything and see like an opportunity for yourself to step in, I think, uh, you know, it's kind of extra motivation, extra incentive to, to get to work and put your head down and get ready and be ready when your name's called kind of deal. And, um, you know, I think like, like we were just talking about, I mean, with all those guys that debuted, if you asked all of those guys before the year, whether or not they would pitch in the big leagues that year, I would, I would bet that not many of them thought they would. 
And so the fact that they got there and got their name called and, and they were ready for that, you know, they were able to see that there was a need and that they were, um, you know, putting their head down, doing their business every day to get ready because they knew that they, you know, at any point their name could get called. So uh, I just think it, it helps guys work harder. It helps guys keep their head down and grind and um, be ready when it's when the time's appropriate. For you, I know there's, you know, obviously just the one year and COVID played a lot of factors and is playing a lot of factors around baseball all the way down to the high school level. Um, just that that lost year. Um, but is was that something in your mind, you know, because you got moved pretty quick too. Yeah. Um, Reed got moved extremely quick. Um, um, Chris Rodriguez has uh, been moved extremely quick. So for you, was it like, oh, oh. Like at any moment, like, are you ready for that call? Like, are you anticipating that call at any point or are you kind of just trying to push that on the back burner? Yeah. I mean, there's so many other factors, you know, about, you know, rule five years and how much longer your contract is and all kinds of factors like that, that'll um, factor in all of those decisions from the front office. So, you know, I knew that there was a pretty good chance, even when I got moved to Salt Lake, that I was not probably going to go up this year. But, you know, you still obviously have to stay ready and you still obviously have to prepare like you're going to. And, um, you know, the, the, the dream is to play in the big league. So you got to continue to grind and continue to do everything you need to do every single week to make that dream a reality. And, you know, while that didn't happen this year, you know, hopefully continue to work hard and do my thing next year and hopefully get an opportunity and stay ready. You know, one thing that kind of gets lost in the shuffles, again, we we see it from the major league level, is all these guys start getting called up, especially at the end of the year. You're in Salt Lake, and you had to have been one of the last guys that was just kind of still hanging around. I Because I got a buddy who, who called a couple of games down there, um, and he he was saying, like, man, this, this team feels, like, empty. It's like almost like, you know, Will Smith walking in in the last episode of Fresh Prince just looking around in the empty living room. Did you feel that? We're like, man, where is everybody when you got to Salt Lake? Uh, not too bad. I mean, I started the year, uh, after spring training at the alt site with some of those guys. So I knew the team pretty well. And then, you know, it was, it was, I kind of moved up with a lot of those guys, you know? So by the time I got there, the guys that were, you know, big leaguers and that were going to spend the rest of the year there were, were pretty much already gone. I mean, you know, in, in Salt Lake, you had me and Cooper Griswell and, um, Reed Smith and some of those guys that, you know, I'd kind of, whether it was in, you know, in Reed Smith's case where we went from, well, he went from low A to high A all the way up. Yeah. But I mean, we played in high A together. We played in double A together. We played in triple A together. So like, oh, and Cooper Griswell, we played in double A and triple A together. So, I mean, there was a lot of guys that I played at uh, multiple levels with. So I had a pretty good relationship with those, with those guys. And so by the time I got there, that's pretty much all that was there anyway. So I was, you know, ecstatic to be around those guys. Got a couple more here for you. Uh, I want to go uh, outside of baseball a little bit. One thing for me, you know, I did a couple tours in minor league baseball as a broadcaster. Um, and the one thing that always stuck out for me is being able to tour the country, which is something that I didn't think I would really like, or at least I didn't think was going to be a part of it. And then I started doing it. I'm like, oh, I got to do all these road games. I got to sit on a bus for eight hours. Like, I got to do all the same things. Um, so, you know, we, we can kind of touch on a couple of places. 
Um, cause I've, I've been to, to, to high a tri city back yeah. when it was uh, short season ball. Um, that ballpark just kind of feels like it's in the middle of nowhere, just like on the flattest place on earth. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, never had a chance to go to rocket city, which is obviously newer and, uh, and salt Lake. So what were some of the spots that you were like, Oh, this is sweet. Like this is cause I mean that that's an added bonus to being a pro yeah. ball player is being able to see new places. So what were some of the places that you were really like gung ho about getting to visit? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I will, I will just quickly say that when I was in Pasco, Washington, I would say that was definitely extra motivation to move up, (laughs) (laughs) but once, (laughs) and then being not far from Huntsville, man, I mean, just having the opportunity to go there and play in front of a lot of friends and family and uh, being, being close to there. I mean, that new stadium is unbelievable. We played in, in front of some of the biggest crowds of minor league baseball this year and just having the opportunity to play there was awesome. And, uh, you know, an experience that I'll never forget, and especially have being the first year of that team. I know those fans were really excited to have us. And so it was, it was an awesome experience to be in Huntsville. Um, we got to go to a couple cool places there. Um, but the, the travel in AAA is definitely a little better. I think, you know, going to Reno and Sacramento. I mean, when I went to Sacramento, Sacramento, I met the team in Sacramento and that was the first time I had ever been to California. So there was that trip was pretty cool. Reno was cool. Um, Tacoma, Washington was a cool spot. Um, you know, you just kind of go to some bigger cities in AAA and, uh, you know, having the opportunity to do that was awesome and see a lot of new things. We'll wrap up our chat with Davis Daniel in just a second, but I want to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. We're back and better than ever, a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before are now on Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON and you'll receive that 50 percent welcome bonus basketball football baseball postseason nhl boxing ufc all of it to your vegas casino games as well don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2021 bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts NorCal is different than SoCal, man. I'm telling you right now, there, there's that rivalry, especially as we're recording this tonight, big rivalry uh, going on on the Dodgers side of things. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk about California a little bit, man. Obviously, the goal is to get here to play ball. I'm actually right down the street from the ballpark, so you're getting a little glimpse of a blown out window uh, of, of what California looks like here down in SoCal. But uh, what 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 uh, what excites you about potentially being able to play down here in, in sunny SoCal? Yeah, you know, I've never been, but I, I got a lot of family and friends that have been to, to the L.A. area and said that it's just an awesome city. And Talking to some of the guys like uh, C-Rod and Reed and Cooper and some of those guys that have already been there and done that. And I mean, they just talk about the fans. They talk about the atmosphere around that park and, um, you know, just being around L.A. and how awesome that is. So it's been uh, it's definitely exciting. And I've kind of decided that I don't think I want to make a trip there because I want to like. My, I want my first time there to be like when I'm in the big leagues, you know? Sure. So I think that would be uh, an awesome experience and something to continue to work towards. 
Well, you're kind of doing a dance around it, man. You head to Tempe and then you head up to Sacramento and you're just kind of dancing around this bottom region. Um, uh, we'll, we'll talk. I'm always talking food, man. If, if you ever listen to the show, I'm always talking about food, especially around the ballpark, um, especially this week, by the way, when this episode comes out, we're going to start talking about food around the ballpark, off-season content. Uh, so uh, big thing down here, man, Mexican food. Yeah. Uh, I know out in the South, yeah, you're you're going for your fried your fried chickens, your your Bojangles of the world. That's that's where I'm I'm rocking is Bojangles all day. But uh, as far as you know, Moe's, Chipotle, what what's your induction into Mexican food? Oh, man, um, I mean, I prefer Moe's Southwest over Chipotle, okay. um, mostly because of the cheese dip, but. <laughs> Um, other than, I mean, dude, I love Chipotle. I go to Chipotle all the time, but I don't get Moses often, but I definitely prefer Moe's. Moe's is like a more like indulgent. Yeah. Yeah. That's more so that you're going the cheese dip and you're pouring that cheese all over everything. It's all totally over, different. All over. But as far as like authentic, cause that's not no. people down here will tell you, uh, <laughs> oh, I, but, uh, it's not authentic, but it's good. Yeah, no, that doesn't mean it's a totally different thing and that's completely fine. Um, but as far as like, uh, like, you know, avocados all over everything down here and the health food is obviously all the way down here, Mexican food. And, you know, especially right here. I mean, I know you haven't been here yet, but down the street is is Garden Grove, which is a heavily Asian community with Vietnamese and Thai food. So food wise, man, if you're not if you're not, you know, dining on some some southern staples, what, what do you rock with? Oh man, dude. I love some good barbecue. Uh, no matter where I'm at, like my dad's from North Carolina. So he loves the vinegar barbecue. Vinegar. Okay. So you're going vinegar going North Carolina. Okay. And my mom's from Tennessee. So she loves the like dry rubs and then growing up in Alabama being, you know, around, you know, just some good old classic Southern barbecue, uh, between the three of those, man, like I'll, I'll eat barbecue wherever I'm at. And, uh, so barbecue food's definitely my go-to restaurants. Oh man, you're not you're not gonna be too happy when you get here, bro. <laughs> there's a couple. If you if you go down to San Diego, there's some a couple of San Diego spots that are pretty good. There's a new uh, barbecue place down the street from Angel Stadium. That's that's okay. I've had mixed results, but as far as going, because you know I I've been out like I said in in the coastal yeah. plain, and that was in North Carolina, and it's we literally had a barbecue fest at the ballpark. Oh yeah, you know, oh. every year. So I get you. I get you with on on, on that one. Um. Well, man, I, I appreciate you hanging out with us here today. I, I want to ask you one last question before I let you run away. You're, you kind of touched on this, but I want you to get into it a little bit. You are with this pitching, these pitching staffs every day. You're friends with them. You're working out with them. Instructs, fall ball, whatever, whatever it ends up being. So what can Angels fans be excited for, whether that be names or pitching style or mentality like what what identifies the angels minor league pitching staffs right now that maybe next year two years three years angel fans can be excited for once it gets to the ballpark yeah i think uh the biggest thing is that there's a lot of uh a lot of talent man there's a lot of guys that you know whether they flew under the radar or or they've been in the spotlight since college whatever it is like man there's been a lot of arms in here that have really impressed and there's a lot of guys that really work hard there's a lot of guys that put their head down and um, have really grinded over the last couple of years. And, you know, there's a lot of guys that came out of COVID a lot better than they were before. And um, I think that's a big testament to those guys and how they worked and that all, you know, having a whole year off. And, um, so it's been, uh, it's been really fun to watch those guys continue to get better. And I think it's going to be something that, 
uh, we'll carry into the big league level with the work ethic and um, just the kind of grinders that we got down there. I think you just made a lot of Angels fans feel a lot better. So again, man, it's been a it's been a tough go of it in the last ten years or so. So I'm I'm glad to hear it, man. Well, Davis, thanks for checking us out, man. Anything you want to promote here uh, for you? Maybe your um, Twitter account or anything like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram. It's Davis underscore Daniel thirteen. So uh, either of those, and uh, that's about it. Thanks for having me on. Of course, man. Shoot him a follow. Go hang out, Davis. Daniel, thanks for joining us today, man. Yeah, appreciate it, man. I want to thank Davis Daniel again, man. Great chat. Uh, you know, if you missed part one, that is up on our YouTube channel and, of course, here on our audio feed as well. If you're looking for the whole conversation with Davis Daniel, uh, it's uploaded in two parts. I really want to thank him for joining us. Our first player interview since uh, I, I've jumped on, so very exciting to have him on and uh, made me feel a little bit better about the Angels pitching problems here moving forward. Um, you know, he sees it every day. Like he said, he sees it every day. So very cool that uh, that he joined us. Um, if you like me and you like my show and how I handle things, I have a whole other podcast called Our Game, examining the Latin contributions to American baseball. We asked the question, who is the Latino Jackie Robinson, and found out that the answer got way more complicated. It's free and available on audio podcast platforms everywhere. That's Our Game, O-U-R-G-A-M-E. Don't forget to check out my merch. I have a brand new design. It just came out this week. It's called Rory's words. We're paying tribute to Rory Marcus and the 2002 Angels, the Never Say Die Angels. We have that new design. It looks so sick. I'm really happy how it turned out. We even have it in mug form. The t-shirts, I think, look so sick. Go check it out right now. It's linked in the episode description on both YouTube and, of course, our audio platforms. Check out 2-7 Merch on Redbubble, 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 and you can support my brand. I'd really appreciate it. There's plenty of good stuff up there now. We have three separate designs, and I think you should check them out. They're pretty cool. Don't forget to give us a voicemail, 714-409-6396. We are lastly taking your food and drink recommendations. This is your last chance to get in on the fun. We are going to be starting our food and drink recommendation series on Wednesday. So that's our next episode. Speaking of Wednesday, I have another podcast that comes out every Wednesday called Movies I Should Have Watched. And this Wednesday, as a part of Halloween month, we are watching Halloween, the original Halloween movie that came out a million years ago. We watched it. My best friend Alex and I sat down with our best friend Justin and we watched Halloween and it's a pretty pretty good episode. You should check it out. It's coming out on Wednesday, available on podcast platforms everywhere. You can follow me on Twitter at Steve Granado and of course head on over to at Locked on Angels. We're always posting polls there and uh, we'd love to have you a part of those polls as well. Thanks for making Locked on Angels your first listen of the day. Now for your second listen, uh, check out Locked On MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, a.k.a. Soli, brings you his unique perspective on the Major League's past and present. It's free and available on all platforms. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here today in Locked On Angels land. We're done for the day. Again, thanks to Davis Daniel, and thank you for checking us out and making us your first listen of the day every single day. Tomorrow, we are starting our food series. I'm so excited to tell you about the best pre- and post-game spots around Angels Stadium. So jump jump in the the YouTube uh, comments below and tell us where you like to go for pre- and post-game before and after Angels game and anything around here in Anaheim, anything close to the ballpark. We want to hear where you go. Anyway, we'll talk to you about that tomorrow. That's all coming up here throughout the week. Anyway, that's going to do it for us. Later.
spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Superlight Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Superlight Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And, because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.